vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. All right, Carl, here's my new theme song. W A F L M O Y T Flip 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 Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, hey Mike. I'm glad to be here again every Sunday with you, chilling out, hanging, and watching a full-length movie on YouTube. We are chilling on mutinyradio.fm. Know how many times I've said that sentence, probably the first, as we do every Sunday. We stream first, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can find us as a podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We should also uh, suggest donating some money to the station. It's a great as a great lineup. You can check it out at mutinyradio.fm. And you can go to Venmo and donate at Radio. We're our show. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. While you listen to the podcast and watch this movie. These are usually movies that I've read about, and now I discover they're on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie this week? We are watching Tilt, Tilt 1979. Now, you've got to put in 1979 because there's other tilts out there. Okay, so Tilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tilt 1979, and what we like, the channel is Stu. And then it's K, maybe it's Arkansas, Arkansas. 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 Stu, if you see Stu, you're on the right channel. How many are there going to be? <laughs> what do these say is we're going to pronounce names correctly. But yeah, 
it's Stu Karkinness, uh, and it's Tilt 1979. So we want you to type in Tilt 1979, find a link posted by Stu Karkinness, and click it, hit pause, move the timer to 000. Well, this movie is action-packed, I suggest we do an old-school Carl Comedian countdown. Perfect idea. Celebrity Carl countdown. Celebrity has a soft C. It's nothing personal. <laughs> I can oh. say celebrity. Carl, celebrity. Comedian countdown. <laughs> celebrity. Celebrity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Kate Lawler. Welcome, Kate. Um, thank you. Thank you. One thing I love about your comedy is that it's very real. It's only based on, like, real-life experiences and stuff. I mean, is, is that, that's what you bring to the table. Uh, tell me about your your process. Like, uh, what made you, I mean, bear your soul for real in your comedy? I think it was like a gradual thing. Like, I kind of started off just like, um, like telling funny like stories. Like, I, I went on a date with this guy who turned out to be my cousin. Um, <laughs> this like crazy girl I'd never met tried to kill herself at my nineteenth birthday party. Like, and it, but um. Then it just kind of became like more and more like, oh, like this is shocking. And then I was like, can I, should I say this? Should I not say this? And I'd be like, well, fuck it. I'm going to say it. And then it just kind of just kept getting like more darker and like more real. And now it's like, you know, like now I kind of have like, I guess like the more into comedy and like the more I realize like the type of comedians I look up to, I just kind of have adopted this mentality that nothing should be off limits. So. Like the only the only thing, time a joke doesn't work is just when it's not funny, you know. Like right. you say the most fucked up thing in the world, and if it's written well or if the room vibes with it, it can it can destroy. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you're saying things up there you wouldn't even say to a friend, you know, maybe your best friend. But I just feel like you bear your soul up there in a way you can't really do in real life. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a pretty, like, open person. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and I didn't used to be. Like, I was a little bit awkward, and now I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe I just, I've just gotten so used to being drunk in bars and, like, doing comedy where it's just, I just kind of have, like, no secrets. I tend to make people a little uncomfortable, actually, in conversation. But I'm, I've witnessed that. I've been a participant in that. So... <laughs> <laughs> Now, you are my current co-host at the Reserve Club sure Open Mic every Tuesday. Are you loving it? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. Now, it used yeah. to be Yousef Goff, and you know the fame of Yousef Goff. It's hard to live up. I oh, such, that. such big shoes to fill. <laughs> so the thing is, he was fine. Everything was such fine. Bald shoes. <laughs> yeah. There was his work schedule changed and he just couldn't make the mic on time. And I wasn't going to mm -hmm. have a half co-host. So I offered you the, the, the role. Were you surprised? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I was just there like at the last night and I was like, I'll do this. And then, and then, like, you're like, would, would you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just sort of, like, it wasn't something I was, like, I had thought was going to happen before it did happen. Uh -huh. And then I was like, oh, this is 
this is an exciting like new chapter, I guess. Now, I didn't just pick you like, okay, I need somebody. Uh, uh, how about you? Yeah. No, no, I thought long and hard yeah. about a bunch, a bunch of people. Uh, and I really oh, did thought, you? yeah, first of all, we're different genders. Secondly, we're totally different yeah. ages, you know? Yeah. Now, also, yeah. as you, you know, you're the most likable person in any given room. At any I given am. Moment. I really am. I really thought that you would be perfect, and I have no regrets. Not looking back, you are perfect. Aww. Now you've Thank grown, you, Carl. Well, of course you're welcome, and uh, we have some chemistry, right? We didn't at the first couple. Uh, we did sometimes. I think we have a good banter. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Now since that time, you've grown to even be your own comedy producer. So speak oh, yes, about that. How did you get there? Like what, what made you like approach Rick or what made you start thinking about making I don't know. Show? Like I had wanted to do shows for like a long time and I'd asked like some bars and it was like like I got told no a lot. And then um I don't know, I was just I was just at reserve one night and um a comedian's band was gonna be playing there that weekend and I was like Oh wow! Like why do why don't we have shows here all the time? And then yeah. I was just like outside talking to talking to Jenny about it, and I just said it, and like I didn't think that like she was really good, that they were really gonna be like, yeah, we'll let you do this. And I was like, oh okay. Like it was just it's just sort of one of those things that kind of happened like organically. That's and true. it uh, like like it is like I don't know. I think it was good that like I already like I loved the mic and I loved Rick and Jen. Mm-hmm. And then when I and then I was going to be hosting, uh, co-hosting the Tuesday mic. Like it was great to just like have like, like it like kind of like a place that like like my own little home, my own room to like do what I want with. And like yeah. I don't know, like I it has it's been like a great experience. Like every show has had a great turnout. We've had like a bunch of great comics. I've I've met people. I've got I've like definitely gotten become like a better comic from it. Like it's just it's all been wonderful. Very good. Very good summer. And the comedians get paid. That's one of the great things about your shows, which oh, sometimes yes, they do. Well, but it's not always great, but they get paid. <laughs> it's not always great pay, but there is pay, right? And anything's fine. There is, yes. How can people find you out there on social media, on the internet? Oh, how do okay. people get to connect with Kate Lawler? My Twitter is KateLawler888, and my Instagram is KLawler. Comedy. Yeah. Kate Lawler, 888. And what's Instagram? K Law? K Law LZ Comedy. Okay. All right. Now, everybody at home is poised to watch this movie with us on YouTube. They're all ready to hit the play button at the exact same time as we do in the studio. So, Kate Lawler, why don't you kick it off with that celebrity comedian countdown? All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Wow, this movie already cost me five dollars to watch. Now I gotta watch the game or something. You gotta sink a quarter right away. Yeah, right. It's like those TV sets where you put a quarter in for a time. You ever sit down in those chairs have a TV set in them? <laughs> yep. And then you like you have a time you can watch. I don't know what you could watch. Local news. I miss pinball. You do miss it. Yeah, I mean, going to an arcade. 
They were pretty cool. Yeah, one time I tried to bring my kids to this arcade we used to go to at Willowbrook Mall, and of course they're closed. Wait, wait, wait. Fun and games at Willowbrook Mall in New Jersey is closed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't, they, they got Mr. Pac Man and they got Pac Man. You know what I mean? Like they have the, uh, those days went away. They never updated the game. You know, fun and games in Willowbrook Mall is like those days. That was the golden salon. You would go in, there would be people dressed up. They would have quarter dispensers on their wrists. Yeah, jeans. They had those expensive laser disc games. The kids would yeah. play. It was uh, really fun. Yeah, they had some pinball machines. I think. I think it was more arcade though. I don't really they remember. Hang with buddies. It was more arcade, but yeah. So that's what we're seeing. All the pinball machines we used to know as as a kid. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can see the modern adaptions of the pinball machines, if I may. Like, you know, usually old school pinball machines have like nothing in the middle. Maybe a couple of like nails mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, look at that. Right, because they wanted it to go right down the center through your. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so the edges were with, you know, and when you would get a point by hitting like one of those rubber bands, it would go fucking fling, you know, you really had to be ready with the flippers. We've watched a movie about bowling. Is this going to be the same? Like, it's the world of professional blank. Nah, it's going to be like a hustler's movie, a gambler's movie. Now, this is Charles Durning Durning again, who we saw last Last uh, episode. Yeah. And this time he's not walking through the role. He is being a good actor here. Okay. To be fair, he's also walking. Because that film, (laughs) he was out of breath, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, in this film, he's just as big as he was in the film we saw, which surprised me. But he's young. He's yeah, he's fifty-six years old when this was shot, so he's young enough that. Wait a minute, really? So then, in nineteen ninety-nine, was twenty-nine years later. So it was no, this is seventy-nine. So that was twenty years later. So he was fifteen seventy-nine in that Bird Reynolds film. Yeah, so it's like. He he would have been smart to lose the weight, and then he could have been, you know. Uh, uh, oh, there he is! Look, yeah, look he, how big he is! Yeah, look, no, he's the same shape. Unless they're, I'm not kidding. Unless they're doing that on purpose, like putting a pillow. Oh, I thought you meant like the director, like actually putting some thought and and building a scene, like you know, work <laughs> cinematically. If we had Charles Durning. Big old stomach in the foreground. <laughs> the guy who did this, uh, directed this film, really loved it. It's the only film he ever directed. He was an executive producer for something. He was an actor in something. But he started writing this thing in the 1960s. Now, I don't know how much pinball was out there in the 60s, but that's oh. when he started. He even shot it once before. Let me see. Where is that? At two turntables, yeah. You know, Willowbrook Mall. I, I would say the fun and games in the eighties. They never really had pinball, but they had like old school arcade machines. So they would have like Space War. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I remember that. But they did have one or two pinballs. I mean, they must. They were obligated to. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was still that time. And why wouldn't they have them? So, so Randy. 
Rudy Durand is the director, began pitching the idea for the film in the late 60s. He contracted, now it's 79 this we're watching this. He contracted others to write the screenplay what wasn't satisfied with the results. So ultimately he wrote him himself. An earlier version of the movie produced and directed by Rudy Durand, executive producer, blah, 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 screenplay, blah, 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 started filming on June 5, 1972. The version was not completed. So he's been at this. It's the only thing he ever did. Well, at least he got it done. I know that uh, we had done another. This is You were out that week in uh, Pam Benjamin, station manager, radio, uh, filled in. We watched a 1979 Brooke Shields film called Just You and Me, Kid. No, I right. was there. I was there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We talked about this, too. You told I said you weren't there, and you're like, Mike, I was there. And now <laughs> I here I am on the show. <laughs> Repeating the story. Carl, you were there, but Benjamin uh-huh. was there. So that she, and she also, Brooke Shields also did Wanda Nevada, which is not available on YouTube as a free rental, as a free view, uh, also in 79. So she was peak, and then 80, of course, was Blue Lagoon. So this was like her big last hurrah before the Blue Lagoon. And then now, they're saying they want to bet him. Now, see, Charles During is the bad guy. He, he's the whale. That's what they call him, the whale. And this here is our hero or anti-hero. His name is Neil Gallagher. He's Ken Marshall. He's been on our show before in Crow. He was the, the prince in Crow. Oh, all right. Now they're challenging him to a bet, okay? On pinball, you see, the whale is the best pinball player on the planet, never been beaten, that kind of crap, okay? So they're saying they want to bet him $400, but he's giving him odds so that he they would win $2,000, okay? So they're being all tough talking right now. Are you crazy, boy? Want to fight me? This is Corpus Christi, Texas. God, it's so funny. Like, God bless just people's interests and bads, but like, I guess, yeah, you would bet money on pinball. I've bet money on Tetris before. I mean, it's, it, it happens. <laughs> you know, well, the pinball machines were originally gambling machines, like illegal, gam- straight up, flat out gambling. Oh. And you, you would bet and, you you know, you would go into like a, a storefront or what have you, and they would have these machines, and you keep playing, and you win some money off. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really bumpers or any kind of challenges like that. It was more of trying to... I don't know. I don't get it, but well, it like a bet, yeah. And it became pinball, I guess. Now, I think they should have spent the money and got Pinball Wizard by the Who. This guy, man, he. I'm just happy he made his film, and it's about pinball, right? Yeah, and check out the writer. He co-wrote it with Donald Kamel, who we saw in perform, uh, who directed Performance with Mick Jagger. Oh, this is a good pick. Wait a minute. I, I don't know if it was coincidental. I just, uh, I was looking for a film and I found it and the guy hosting it, our friend Ken Carcanis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas. 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 Uh, he had this movie and I said, this movie looks a lot more interesting. Mm. No? <laughs> you can spoil it. Is it a lot more interesting? This is a bad movie with a great ending <clears throat> maybe it's not a great ending but it's it was a, it's a well-written ending it's a surprise um oh all right 
but don't spoil it, right? I guess not. Look at this, Ben. Back in the 70s, all you had to do is just custom print your name on a t-shirt. Look like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're starting. All right? Now, you know who's the player. That's our hero, Neil. Uh, but the guy there with the glasses, uh, that's Henry. And Henry's like his manager, kind of right-hand man or, or something. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, he's his uh, good <laughs> friend. Now look what he's doing. He looks like he's jerking it in his pants. You see that? Right, but he's he's pushing. He's using a magnet. Right, Michael. Very perceptive. Well, so is Charles Durning. Per Durning oh, perceptive. But oh. I also perceptive. I also see the jukebox and video game machine in the corner. Yeah, video game machine back then. Video game machine in nineteen. Oh, it's 1979? Yeah, what did they have? So Space Invaders, right? Yeah, Space Invaders. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Here's my Atari 2600 impression. Look, that could be a pillow, right? It's probably a... Oh, that's all dirty. You son of a bitch, you. How dare you cheat me? Oh. Gulp? I'm look. acting like I'm afraid, Gulp. Yeah, look at Derning. He's got the room. See how heavy I'm breathing? Hey, I didn't know you had that thing, Mr. Whale. God, how old school these pinball machines are. Yeah. All I need is a magnet. The one for this film was custom made. It's called oh. Cosmic Venus. And uh, the, its primary designer was Michael with manufacturing assistance from Williams Electronics. I don't know. What's important is that it was made for the film so that they could uh, control it, own it, and also make it part of the plot. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I guess that's true. Like, there are some video game movies, even in the 80s, where they the, there was an actual video game, Cloak and Dagger, Dabney Coleman. It was based on a real video game called uh, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, well, I mean, the story was the kid had a copy of the game that had, like, secret information in it. And he met, uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was it was a real product. But we And uh, we saw Joysticks. Right. They have Super Pac-Man, but you were saying that wasn't even authorized. It wasn't like they got... That's correct, yeah. But then, of course, there was uh, The Wizard, where a kid gets to see the preview of Super Mario 3 at the end, and that was authorized by Nintendo. It was a premiere. I intend no Nintendo. Did you know Sega does what Sega... Oh, uh, wait, hang on a second. Did you know that Nintendo... Wait, no, Nintendo... Yeah, Sega... Yeah, oh, <laughs> It was clever 30 years ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, now look how they flipped him. Look how they're wrecking up the play. I mean, I know. They spent it was $3.5 million to make this film. You think it all went into the pinball machine getting wrecked? The <laughs> yeah, pinball. the custom. custom. You know, the, the guys who, uh, hey, can you fix my pinball machine? Yeah, I'll do it. Are you sure? Hey, man, in this industry, you only got two things. Man, I don't break. Bird and his pinballs. 
False. It took me forever. Scarface. Remember that movie? I do remember. In this world, don't say you got you. You don't trust me. What did he say? You make a move. Oh my god, I don't remember. I just forget it. nothing that nobody didn't see it coming. Oh, what did he say? All I got in this world is my and my ball. Uh, come again? Word? I, I heard every other word. Do you mind just repeating yourself? Anyway, I, I gotta go. I gotta hang your guy from a helicopter. <laughs> that cockroach, I never liked him. <laughs> you look, you can't, let's, Mike, you can't blame Frank. This is a crazy business. You can't blame Frank for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Okay, here we are in... in There's me waiting for the bus out there on Hollywood and Vine. Right, Hollywood and Vine. So okay. we're hearing some bad music about, like, a guy goes from... So he was caught cheating or whatever. He is... A mistake this movie makes is it should have opened up with him doing his music. Okay, that's what it should have done. I thought that music was pretty funky, though. The opening credits. Look, oh, there's my star. It was still there in 79. Oh, great. It was next Here's to Carol. Music. Here's your great music. Oh, he's going to put his feet in Sinatra. Hey, Mr. Hurry Up is a line. Elvis Presley. Oh. It was a sidewalk for most. That movie, this, the, the soundtrack to this album this uh, movie is just terrible. It's just. Oh, there's Dantana. That's the seat. There's that. Speaking of Dabney Coleman, he's having his Dabney Coleman special. Dabney Coleman uh, ate at the restaurant every night for decades. Uh, they, they'll be outside of the Troubadour at one point. Sweet. We got uh, Ballet Parker in. Uh, and Frank. There's the Troubadour. Wow. Paul yeah. San Francisco, from San Francisco. Cool, man. Triple cool. Yeah. Oh, look at that puddle. They don't make them anymore like that. Yeah, you rarely see such a well-defined puddle. With the global warming, they just dry right up? Yeah, this is the heat. Okay, so what we're seeing now is his, like, buddy, right-hand man, manager type came out to L.A. with them. They both got caught cheating, and they ran, okay? He robbed his mom. I'm, I'm this movie. I don't want to check out on this movie, but his pinball manager and him had to flee the whale, to, and they went to Hollywood and bought. They went. They they got caught cheating, so they had to leave Corpus Christi, and they ran to L.A. and he's trying to make it as a country singer here. Uh, All right. And you know he's doing valet. He's getting downhearted and goes, this guy is the guy. And and our hero's like, it's just more Hollywood bullshit. He'll want money from me somehow. And Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, they're fighting. Now, Corpus Christi, Texas is famous to me always because of Farrah Fawcett. That's where she's from. Yeah. But does it mean in English, like, the body of Christ? Yes, it does. Now, when I was 10 years old, 76, I had a Farrah Fawcett poster, and her nipples were visible in the poster. You know the famous poster I'm talking about, right? Right, with her hair back. I, I think I can visualize it. I don't, I, I, why don't I say? Today, yeah. I got the poster. I saw the nipple. I got it out of Dynamite magazine from school. I ordered it. It came with all the delivery of the books. 
and I saw that nipple and I, I will always love Farrah Fawcett. I fell in love with her at 10 years old because of her nipple. Wow. I mean, you could have got your poem, Farrah Fawcett from Dynamite Magazine. Now, yeah. that, you graduated from Bananas Magazine, Classic Bananas Magazine? <laughs> Dynamite? And we had Dynamite. That's when I first learned about Donnie and Marie. Happy yep. Days was on it. Now, here you see walking the fields here is Brooke Shields. Now, I'm not clear on where she lives. She might already live in California. Well, if this is Cal, I mean, this could be like, you know, Cal, this is California. God, it's so green. Carl, I drove by here and it was like just a drought. Mm -hmm. I don't drought it. Now, yeah. here comes the school bus and all the kids are saying, you know, Brooke Shields is a weirdo. Leave her alone. Her name is, her nickname is Tilt, okay? Because she's so good at pinball. She's, Brenda Louise Davenport in the film, but you know it's Brooke Shields. So now Brooke is not going to school clearly. Instead, she's going to run away. Now, recently we saw Scrubs, right? right. Yeah. And that had Jeffrey Lewis, born in Plainfield, New Jersey, shout out, who was, uh, you know, he was big with. Um, with Clint Eastwood, with Robert Redford, he did Double Impact. There he is driving the truck. Nice. Oh, man, what the giveaway. Oh, I know him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he's back. He just has a bit of a cameo here. Well, he's, he's used to riding a truck with either a chimpanzee, Clint right. Eastwood, or Reynolds. His first time, Brooke Shields, 13-year-old Brooke Shields. She's 13 in this movie, right? She was 13 in the other one. She's 13 in this movie. In... um. In uh, the, the George Burns one, she was 13. I think she was a little older. Well, I mean, this, yeah, that's true. I mean, they might have shot this one earlier and they just were released on the same date, same year. Oh, they are. Hmm. No, I think you're right because let me see. Let me see. Um, I love Brooke Shields' movies. I mean, she's made some like crazy, like good, bad movies, like uh, Friend of Star, basically. Right. Kicking Brenda. back with the Bergen record or the, the the Star Ledger and there's the Sunday paper. You got Brenda Starr in the Sunday comic. Yeah. And she's like usually in the desert or uh, she's at a cocktail party and she's wearing a big hat. She's like writing for the newspaper or at least people are like, ooh, there's Brenda Starr. I wonder what she's writing about at this fancy dinner <laughs> in the desert. So they made a movie with, Brenda, with her and Brenda Starr and it was yeah. great. It was a good, bad movie. It was good. Uh, and then, it did what it promised, right? You wanted to yeah. see this cartoon, you know, her, and it was like a thriller that was lighthearted. Is he offering her trucker speed? Uh, there's, he's, it's, I'm not talking about it because it's just dumb banter, but it's like, um, you know, got any dope? Hell, truckers invented doping, and he's showing his pills, like, so he can stay awake while he drives. And yeah. he's complaining about, like, the hippies and this, I don't know, it's unimportant. It was back then. I mean, the hippies were only just 10 years old. Now, this is maybe an indication of her age. Now, she was 13 when this was shot. The movie was scheduled for a 1978 release, okay? So maybe this is like 77, you know, like maybe she was 15 or 16 in, in uh, Just You and Me, Kid. Yeah, 
All right, I can see that because you're right. She is older. She's really a kid in this, like a little girl. Do they consider Jodie Foster for this role? Um, they tested the film in six cities in early 97 before shelving it pending re-edits. The primary investor bought back the rights from Warner Brothers, blah, blah, blah. In 80, the writer-director Rudy Duran then re-edited it. He cut he cut a 10 minute, 11 minutes out is what he did. They were unable to secure further theatrical distribution, but in 81, it played in heavy rotation on Showtime and it debuted on NBC. Oh, God, it'd be like, hey, from the network that brought you 10 years of Bob Hope specials with Brooke Shields comes still. Right. Now, look. That's our hero noticing Tilt, but this isn't the moment in the plot where they get to know each other. It's just an interesting... Oh, that's cool. Well, at least you know the characters are building up. Is he wearing a Raiders hat? Yeah, the Raiders. And later, Brooke Shields will wear a Raiders jacket, and it belongs to the director. Now, this guy here is like a country artist, but at the same time, he's a comedian. He's touring with... Uh, uh, Neil Sedaka right now. Oh, see, right. Pinball champ on her butt. See that? Yeah, I know. He saw it for me, but yeah, I saw it as well. <laughs> I had a look over his shoulder. As so, he... Apparently, Brooke Shields has run away from home or something, or she cut school or something. Right, I, I then... don't really understand the story where she's at with her parents. She went down to Los Angeles? I guess she lives in California and yeah. she just plays hooky a lot because she'll get kicked out of her home a little later, actually. So, okay, there's our hero noticing what's going on. So um, our country comedian wants to do a bet for $40 that she'll play pinball with the little girl and beat her. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, to keep the money? What? Is a bartender keeping the money? Oh, yeah, like he'll hold it for the winner. Yeah. All right. But she, if she wins, she keeps the money. Uh-huh. There's no cut to the bartender. There isn't, because he's like a friend. And as a matter of fact, he kind of has a piggy bank that's under his control for her. And when she decides to split and hit the road, pinballing it with our country singer... Uh, he'll have to cough up that money that she saved. Oh, I got it. Well, so, so she, she cut school to go to this honky-tonk bar and play pinball money. Yes. Now, that is the Reverend Jesse Jackson. That's the Reverend Jesse Jackson? Right. That's his, his cameo in the film, and it was uncredited. He did it out of the goodness of his heart. 1979? Yes. Oh, so I guess 77 Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Wow, that's weird. I never even knew that. Are you well, well, You know, okay, the way I found out that it was Reverend Jesse Jackson is I lied. I looked at him and I said he looks like him, and then I told you that. Okay, okay. And? Uh, that, that's it. Tracking them up. I'm very convinced it's Jesse Jackson. Take a, See, look, take a look at him. I, I mean... <laughs> Okay, is he or is he not African-American? Oh, yes. Okay, so let me take a look. There he is. 
See, but I'm trying to watch a little girl play football right now. <laughs> All right, never mind. Okay, so what's going to happen in this scene is she's going to kick his ass, and it's the best I've ever seen, and she got an incredible score. And so Hero will be, like, you know, intrigued, and it, it just starts him noticing her. Ding, ding, ding. Bling, 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 bling. Bling, 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 bling. Right. Choo-choo, choo-choo. Usually he's like, I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Or uh, what are the other ones? The Adam Family. That one was a great one. Right. <laughs> now, Brooke Shields would go on to to appear on a pinball machine. She did that movie Sahara. Oh, another great movie was with Brooke Shields. And another another flop. I mean, they're notorious films because they were, they were set up to be blockbusters. And they just did not click at all. Yeah, she's had, she had her Blue Lagoon. and. Yeah. Endless that love. The world. It was strong enough, though, that everybody knows her name. Yeah, I haven't. You know, I never saw that movie when it came out, and I haven't seen the sequel, even though I'm a big Christopher Atkins fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was in the first one, but I haven't seen the sequel, and I, I think there was another one. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to revisit it for the first time. Well, first uh, there was Blue Lagoon, and then suddenly Susan. Because that was her only other success, really. That was a that was a big success, right? I mean, yeah. that show went on for years. It had a good cast. She's she's you know she <laughs> we watched her in Speed Zone by herself, but she yeah. usually is a really good celebrity to have playing herself. Like she's really good at that. Oh, uh, there's the WC Fields. Come on, WC Fields. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't get you. Why are you spitting on me? <laughs> You're really drunk, dude. You better sit down. <laughs> I love so WC. This uh, French director cast her in at 12 years old at uh, in uh, Pretty Baby in 78. And I would say that was a hit, too. So that got her notice. Next thing you know, it's Blue Lagoon. And then the Calvin Klein. You don't think the Calvin Klein ad was the, like the big dip breaker? Which one? Calvin Klein. Jeans? Oh, uh, yeah, she was a model. You're right about that. Was she on TV with that? Um, yeah, I mean, she was she was young, and her line was like, "What what's between me and my Calvin's nothing? You remember oh, that? Was yeah. Like, she was um, one of the top fashion models in her teens. Yeah, you're right. That was just as big as the movie. I mean, that was, you know, Jordache. Oh, what did you say with Calvin Klein? Yeah. Yeah, and that was, I mean, like you had earlier said, we had four channels, really, right? CBS, NBC, ABC. And, and then PBS. Right. And, and you know, then there were local, it says 13 channels. It wasn't the truth. It was four choices. It was Fuzzy Channel. It was Christian Channel. It was uh, Monster yeah, Movie Channel. It's always fuzzy, right? Well, three is supposed to be fuzzy. That's where you connect your Magnavox to video game system. Five and was local. Eight sort of didn't exist either. Now, wasn't NBC have a monopoly of fours around the country? Like everywhere. Oh, Channel 4? Yeah. That would be interesting. I don't think that's the case, but that would be great for them, you know? Channel 4, NBC. You know, in San Francisco, there was uh, NBC Channel 4, K-Ron. And NBC and Kron 
have, we're up for contract renegotiations to sign up the affiliate. And Caron said, you know what, Fuck you. Um, you know, uh, they, they said, we're no longer going to be your San Francisco affiliate. And uh -huh. they went local news, like 24 hour local news. They, they're their own thing now. Interesting. Uh, and then what NBC did was they got onto a San Diego channel and worked a deal with the then predominant cable companies to have that San, San Jose cha NBC channel be on channel three on the cable mm -hmm. box. So you still have the NBC on your top, you know, top that yeah. digit. But it's just, it's just not actually from the city. It's a different location. Okay, now what we're seeing essentially is a sort of, not a cattle call, but it's like an audition. You you have to get invited. So our hero will be invited, but the thing is, he doesn't have a band. He's just going to get up there with his, like, guitar, and they're going to laugh him out of town, you know? What would you do, Carl? You're a really good musician. If you showed up with a music guitar at the fucking Troubadour. <laughs> I I think this I, 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 what I, they would kick me out just like they kick him out. They're looking for bands. But I, I, I'm in a band. I was. I'm in a couple bands. It's not about the bands. I came here for my music. So he starts going pluckity 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 country music. There's Brooke Shields checking. <laughs> Tearing down my drum set. Good. Every time I'm done, gotta go before the next drummer shows up to set up his <laughs> drum kit. Get this guy off stage. We're trying oh. to set up for drum kits. Who's that? Neil, some of That's him. He's the he was our prince. We we did it. Yeah, I remember. God, it's so funny. I don't remember that movie, but I remember watching them. It's one of those films where you just watch over and over again every time it's a new experience. Cause it's just who we remember. Remember we were joking about how like they were on another planet, like but with oak trees and horses. Yeah. They're clearly on Earth. Well, no, you know, it's the future, but it's also the past. I don't know. And, and outer space, but, you know. <laughs> and some lasers. Yeah, you, here, here, would you like a fresh apple? Oh, dude, hippie music. <laughs> yeah, oh, a lot of hippies. That guy wasn't lying, man. You got to eradicate these hips. Jeez, look okay, at this. So they've just had a failure in the music world, right? Right. So he's like down in a his dumps, the dumps you would think, but no, he's not because he's got this great idea and her name is Tilt. Okay. You yeah. remember the whale, right? Right. So let's oh, gonna, use Tilt, right, to beat the whale and make some fucking cash. Dude, I want to go hang out in the 70s Los Angeles. How cool is this? Yeah. Sinzano. Yeah. You know, the director did a classy director move that overhead, one shot, right to the table. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I guess I should say for the record, cinematography was Richard Klein. We see you, Richard Klein. Good job. 
Good job, Rich. Good job, Rick. Ricky, with that overhead, how'd you do? Did you fly? Usually, if it's a Marvel movie, they'll be like the camera goes overhead and then goes. Overhead. <laughs> yeah. Is that a couple of levers? Richard Klein. I'm inclined to think he did a good job. Oh, Carl, please. Rewind. Okay. Now, the manager guy is Henry. Is like, look, we're trying to make it in the music business. Why do you want to, like, rip off some girl? exploit some girl and he's saying look we'll go around the country we'll gamble we'll get to the whale do our big big one with all the money we've made from the gambling and then i'll have money to start my career properly with a demo tape and a band and blah 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 blah, blah. you know what this guy with the red with purple hat thinking why did i drive down to los angeles <laughs> what i should have got another job at least when i was down here I'm a little confused about this guy. I think he might be Don Stark, okay? Do you know who that is? He was on the, uh, he was on that 70s show for all eight seasons. Oh, Tommy Chong? No, it's, his name is, is, okay, wait a second. No, I think I'm wrong. It can't be. Who is Henry? No, Henry is Harvey Lewis, and he's, I don't have any credits for him. Okay, somewhere in this film, Don Stark appears. Don Stark was, and I can't find him. He's just our Star Trek connection. Okay. All right, when he shows up, I'm still amazed by his camera work and direction and the extras. This is a cool, like, brunch place. You can dance if you want to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, a drink minimum, or do you think I just go during the brunch and just dance at that guy? That's me. <laughs> I don't think they'd have a drink minimum. I think they would want to seat you at a table and consider you a patron. <laughs> Can I get the smoking section, please? Oh, and uh, Perrier. And um, you know, how, do you, how to know when? How to know when you just met a comedian? You know, when you meet a person for the first time, how do you know they're a comedian? Is there a drink minimum here? <laughs> okay, now. I don't know. I, I kind of don't follow it. Is this mom and dad or is she just living in a halfway house? I kind of don't understand. But the daughter has been caught with drugs. And this is the guy who like, you know, felt it. Friend. Look at that acting. That so Brooke is getting the sisters lying that Brooke Shields gave the drugs sold the drugs okay because she's like got this money from gambling it's a little inexplicable how does she have this money you right. see okay oh, so she's she's drugs. essentially gonna have a big fight with her parents i guess or foster parents i'm not sure and and then she's gonna split she's running away from home uh -oh. You know, she went to Princeton Uni University, yeah. and I told this before, <clears throat> I used to uh, live in Heightstown, New Jersey. There was a band I was in in Montgomery, New Jersey. So very often I was driving to Montgomery, and to get there, you go through the campus of Princeton University. And what I would do is I went, I would go real slow, and I would look to my left, and I would look to my right. And I looked to my left and I was just on a Brooke Shields. I was on a lookout. I was, I wanted to find her and meet her to bump into her. Any luck? Was no. wait, that was what, 1997? 
It was, I, it was 1983, 1984, and she, it was when she was at Princeton. Blue See, Lagoon was passed. That was like such big news. Like people couldn't understand that someone went to college. I mean, she, she, uh, it's such an, she has such an interesting history. Just, uh, Princeton is impressive. It's the top of the heap. I mean, it, uh, not even Harvard can laugh at Princeton. I mean, it's the, you know, it's, it's these, it's why they call them Ivy League schools. The place is more New England than, New, than, than Harvard itself. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's like, a, oh, Brooke Shields got into Princeton. I mean, I understand why it was a news story. Well, you know, she, she, I mean, she was always kind of full, got ridiculed, but she, uh, you know, it's such a strange life about how sexualized her modeling and so the Blue Lagoon, the, these roles that she, she played, she's a solid actress. I mean, she's, she, she's good in a lot of stuff. And I always like seeing her and stuff. And she's really funny. And she does have the ability to uh, play herself in cameos really well. Yeah, we saw her furry vengeance too. Right. Oh my God. Yes, furry vengeance. So we've seen a lot of Brooke Shields movies. I, I like watching her. And I, I think one thing's for sure, she is not sexualized in this film. No, it's kind of, so far so good. I mean, like, you know, it's troubled kid. Well, she's going to be alone with this older guy in hotel rooms and going around the country. She's not a sex object in this movie in any way. It's still kind of fucked up. Well, you know? you see, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. Like, it didn't occur to me until, like, the third time or something. This is my fourth. Gotcha. If in the context of today's okay, so way at the way end, he gives her a pat on the butt in the way way end, and that's what got me thinking. Like if that was if this was today, that wouldn't have been seen as a friendly friend thing. It would have been like perceived as oh, typical man creeping on a girl, you know. And then I started thinking about it. This would be considered inappropriate in today's world by a lot of people because they do travel together, stay in the same hotel room. That's the extent of it. But, and, yeah, but and they love each other. They love each other. They never say I love you or something. But, do, do you think this movie is a lot like the Gary Coleman movie we watched on the right track where the kidnaps had a horse race gamble? No, because that was like in a universe of play pretend in a way they're exploiting her our hero will exploit her and win gambling money it's more like the way rain man you know hoffman's character was exploited or something that's not really fair but it, no it's really not like that movie um Oh, by the way, this is a fake fight. They're having a fake fight. Oh. So they, 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 they just whoa, well choreographed. <laughs> Seems awkward. Well, the thing is, there it's all for Brooke Shield, so he can know he's in trouble. He needs money, and you know he sort of makes a pact with her to. What's up with these t-shirts? I call shenanigans because. I get it. The 70s, you had these custom, like, shirts that had a name or a word or Jesus Love You or, you know, like Roller Skate King, 
1979 on it. Well, yeah, there would be iron-on letters and such, and people would make their own, but, like, there would be those iron-on Star Wars shirts. Yeah. That was her trouble. But he, they, all these, all these guys have been wearing a variation of these shirts. He's wearing one right now. Yep. I mean, it might be a school. Might, you know, I'll eat my shorts if it says something amazing. But, uh, but yeah, the other character, his buddy. Now what are we going to do? Let's hang out here before the late edition. Now, when I first saw this movie, I must, they're talking about staging a fight. Next thing you know, she's kicked out of her home. So I thought they were all like so sinister, they made her get kicked out of her house or something like that, but it wasn't the case. The, the fight we just saw was the fake fight, and it sets him up to be like, now what am I going to do? Just like he said. Yeah, but doesn't his manager follow them around the country as well? No, we won't see him again for the remainder of this film. Can you believe it? He's gone. Hey, man, wisest thing, dude. This guy has nothing but trouble with his uh, ticket, his meal ticket, country star. I'd Can't find another meal ticket. The sign, she's trouble, I tell you. So oh, when I look at her, I think trouble. Just flashing red in front of my eyes. <laughs> I said, uh-oh, here comes trouble, T-shirt. <laughs> T-shirt. Uh-oh, here comes trouble, T-shirt. <laughs> what does your t-shirt say neil open your shirt it's, let's see uh, if i can tell you about this guy here here he is uh he was he was in this miniseries marco polo but he was uh michael I, mean, I saw i saw that he, he played polo <laughs> yeah that's right right he was polo in in the Marco Polo, uh, deep, the Deep End Pool Pool series, um, he portrayed the character Michael Eddington in television series Star Trek: Deep Space Nine from ninety four to ninety seven. Star Trek Connection. Bingo, and he was Crawl. And he was Crawl. Okay, yeah, I remember Crawl. It's coming back to me. I think the reason why I denied memories of Crawl is that I didn't have a chance to see it, and I always resented that. So. When we finally did see it, I probably was so overloaded. It didn't register. Well, it's so... Okay, I went back to my research back then, and all it is is this, like, single notepad, and it has very little information. So I think it was one of the first ones we ever did together, ever. Wow. Well, you know, have you been returning the Smithsonian's call for, for archiving the notebooks? <laughs> No. They call him, and I said, dude, I'm not Carl, okay? I'm my own thing. I work with Carl. Carl and I are, uh, do a thing together, but I'm not Carl. Same Listen, thing with Launch Basket. They want it for free, okay? I just, that's not the way I'm going. I'm not archive donating my, they want it for free. Free, goddamn. Don't you get like a tax cut off of it? Yes, yes. I don't make I'm enough money for that. I'm calling, I'm calling the Smithsonian right now. Hi guys, listen, when I donate my memoirs, is that like tax deductible? They got me on hold, Carl. Now this guy was uh, on the Twilight Zone one episode and he was in many gun smokes. Uh, his name's John Crawford. He was in Night Moves with Gene Hackman. Yeah, that's a good one. 
He was the mayor of Frisco in the Enforcer Dirty Harry film. Really? The city of Frisco? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Enforcers. That was, um, I think that was the, like the fascist cops, right? Hey, we're fascist cops too, Dirty Harry. Join us. Right, right. No, you guys are pretty fascist cops. Yeah, I and just said we're fascist cops. Yeah, I just said that. I just said that. And also, he was on Star Trek. So we have three Star Trek connections in this film. Oh, good. So it's obviously a good movie. Oh, Half Moon Bay. So they're in Northern California. Well, well, now they're on the road. So who knows? Okay, they just started their journey. Here's their first motel room stay together. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the barn. What a joke. Does he have a haste scene in his mouth? Now we're having something funny. She's like, look, I never made it with anyone. I'm not, I'm a virgin. And he goes, it's not about that. And that's, that's it. That's, we'll walk away from anything sexual for the rest of the film. All right. But there's always stories about orphans going around California uh, hustling in the 70s. Uh, I remember it clearly in the, it is enough episode with that very storyline. And mm -hmm. a rich, you know, went off and started hustling. I dig it, man. Wow, this is pretty blurry right now. Even on my phone, it's blurry. <laughs> Just what thinking? Watch a movie on YouTube on your phone, you're like, what is the director thinking? This is such a shitty crafted shot. <laughs> um, the director is Rudy Durand. This is his only directing credit. He was an executive producer for Cactus in the Snow, 1971, and he was an actor in The Gemini Affair, 1975. That's it. That's it. How can you have a cactus in the snow? Maybe if you, like, buy a cactus. Oh, I guess you would have a cactus, right, in the snow, because you can get a cactus. In the desert and it snows, that's possible. Yeah. All right. Now, this is the famous Lorenzo Lamas. Oh my God, really? Am I hot or not, Lorenzo Lamas? What we're seeing right now is the beginnings of our hustling experiences. Wait, so Lorenzo is in the black shirt? No, Lorenzo is in the sports shirt. All right. Oh, wait, you know what? I, I was mistaken. I was Jesse Jackson, right? <laughs> no, Jesse Jackson was there. Is, is, well, we won't see him for the rest of the film. It was right. a cameo. Yeah, hey. I'm hustling 13-year-old girls. I'm a, I'm a pimp for pinball. He got pinball with, with He's a pinball with, lizard. Oh, that's good. He's a pinball lizard. Got <laughs> to be a twist. He hustles a 13-year-old girl. Got such a licky tongue. Oh, so good joint? I think. I guess it's maybe a roll-your-own-cigarette. He couldn't really get away with smoking a joint. Now, there he is. You see him, Lorenzo Lamas, number 72 there? Yeah, that's right. What was this show, like, Nighthawk? He was in Falcon Crest. He was in Falcon Crest. Oh, uh, so, um, he was in I mean, Renegade I mean, TV. Renegade. But, but not, yeah. He ended up doing Nickelodeon. He was Dr. Hollywood on, on Big Time Rush. Do you remember that show? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know him. 
I'm familiar with the works of Nickelodeon. <laughs> he was in Phineas and Ferb as Meep. Well, great. He could just do that over the phone. You wouldn't know him, but he was also the bold and the beautiful um, uh, soap opera. Um, well, I mean, I he's, he was kind of Twitter before Twitter. I mean, he was, you know, a uh, guy a loud celebrity. But uh, the Hot or Not show just was, you know, that's such a bad idea. Whether he would use like a laser beam to point at the thighs and shit like that of people. Right. And I, I think Howard Stern just loved that idea and ran with it on himself. But it was just like, it became kind of synonymous. You know, it, it was unfortunate that he, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would feel like I'd be best known for that after doing something like that. I understand. But he is Lorenzo Lamas. Do no wrong. That's true. Yeah, he does no wrong. I love these camera angles. Look at this. Where's the camera on top of the pinball machine? There, there's, the, there's a 180 degree rule. You're not supposed to do this. Left, yeah. right. Left, right, unless it's serving the purpose of the script, like if it was a gunfight and the or, OK Corral in the middle of the street, maybe that's or, what they're trying to do. Or there's a pandemic and you can't shoot in the same room at the same time. Or you're Bruce Willis, so you just walk in, shoot 10 minutes, get your million and walk out, and then they just, you know, shoot around it. Excuse me. Boy, me. I'm going to talk to Pam Benjamin because I really think we should have a, a sneeze button, you know, a mute here in the studio. Oh, yeah. A mute button. That would be great. Okay, so it's launched. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas will do his round. I mean, you know, of course, what's going to happen. It's, you know, it's... They're going to double down. It's going to get more interesting. Another person is going to come along and start making bets on top of it. And then she'll win, 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 win. That's great. Hey, pinball, so, uh, I mean, it's, pinball is chaos. That's so fun about playing the game. You get to experience chaos. It's just things clank around. And you try to control it. But sometimes I feel like I do better on the first ball and not the other two or you know, I can't control like a good hand. Like I, I can, I can do well, but sometimes I could rock it. And it could be on the third ball or the first ball. I can't be like, I'll just jerk off these first two balls and then this uh, <laughs> on the third one, I'll, I'll rock it. And I know what I said. <laughs> these pinball lizards spells their name the E. B R. I turned it up to like hear the ding 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 of the machine. And they're just oh, yeah. some dumb stuff. Here, see this guy here? Yeah, he knows. He'll get interested. Now, this might be Don Stark. Do you know who Don Stark is? From Yeah, he's your Star Trek connection. One of three. No, I don't know who Don Stark is. Oh, wait, yeah. Know. He's Tony Stark's dad. <laughs> um, he was in First Contact. He was in John Carter. He was... Um, I already said on that 70s show for all eight seasons. I have to say John Carter. I seen that. Uh, I just have to remember any of the scenes. And well, John Carter like um, retired from his job, and he had a puppy, 
his wife got sick and died, but so he, he got a puppy. <laughs> so then he goes to, you know, a gas station in Jersey. And Doug Carter. Um, Doug Carter from Jersey. I remember this movie. Yeah. So this Russian kid shows up and like wants his car and won't give it to him. So he's a mob kind of guy. So he goes and fucks up the kid. But, uh, you know, that was a big mistake, as they say what? in Action Hero. So he goes over to John Carter's house, he's this yeah. Russian kid in the center, and they kick the shit out of John Carter right. from Mars. But then they kill the dog. John Carter's dog? The puppy. Oh, no, that puppy was a gift from John Carter's late wife. Right. This is and, so, right. and so John is like, you killed my wife again, you know? So then he kills the Russian kid, and that's fine. The movie should have ended. Vengeance is his. But no, we got to make a franchise. So he decides he'll take out the dad and his whole Russian mob. It's ridiculous. The father did no offense to this guy. His father put out him in on this. John Wick was in the wrong. So he hired his best friend Maurice to kill him for $2 million. Thank when, goodness he was guarding when, Amy. When in the plot? When? All right, so he puts out a contract for John Carter for $2 million. When? When? Uh, I think after the Red Circle. You know, the Red Circle on Mars? <laughs> after uh, John Carter goes to try to kill the Russian uh, kid in the nightclub. He, oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. Do you remember that when he came back in, they were like, hey, welcome back, Connor, when they played the song? Welcome back. I do. And John Sebastian was there. And that was great. John Carter was like, no, I'm not back. I'm just visiting. And then later, like, hey, John Carter, are you back? And he's like, yeah, I think I kind of am. <laughs> All right, so now we're just having trash talk, and I beat you, and blah, blah, blah. And it's getting more interesting, and we're, we're you know, and of course, now Brooke will win. And this is our, this scene is sort of like representative of the montage we'll see. There's one or two other times in which we see a full-on gambling this movie, night, but... This movie's about 20% montage. 20% what? Montage? Uh, no, but there is montage in this once. And then there's also this... Sometimes there's dumb sequences. We're on the road, so you got to watch them go all the way up this highway, all the way down that highway, get to the motel, park the car, walk in. You know, it's like, we don't need to see that writer, director. Well, I mean, if he shot some driving shit in 1972, he might as well use it. I do like the, the walls of this place say no gambling. <laughs> yeah, I know. Them. Yeah. It's like you go into any pool hall and there's like some hustler in there. If you're in the movie, easy money. If you're in a real pool hall, that never happens. The color of money, right? Easy money is Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> right, with uh, Joe, Joe. Uh... Joe Pesci. <laughs> they get so stoned and they drive, uh, let's talk about a New Jersey film. They drive to the 23 uh, hour open diner mm -hmm. just when they were closed. Man, you imagine? <laughs> they had a wedding cake in the, the van. Okay, now he's on the phone with Henry. Because Henry was like, don't exploit this kid. We got to be... Then he's checking in with Henry or something. And now he's like, don't give me this good friend bullshit. You didn't want to be in this thing. So he, he basically tells Henry to screw off. 
Look, you okay. said you didn't want to do this. You can't come out here and join me. Screw up. So you could hear Henry. That was his last scene of shoot of the shooting. Right. Like he sounded like Charlie Brown teacher. That's been Henry for the last shoot. Uh, yeah, let's give it up for him. All right, everybody. I want to hang the crew and the possible triple action. Yeah, this is triple action, and we're was, seeing a montage. This is his Williams, so this probably is not the customized. Uh, look at the video game machine, untouched behind them. I'm more interested in that, the racing game. What is it, Galaxy? No. It might, yeah, it might, like, uh, gun. 1978, there's only so many choices. Usually it's like a, a racing game, like a top-down uh, a racing game, or it's like a, a Western gun shooting game. Where... Uh -huh. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So it's not a quick cutting montage, as you can see, but we don't hear audio. We just hear the songs and we see them going to various places and beating people at pinball and making money. Various pinball machines. Yes. Look what they do with their money. They can buy things. Yeah. That's good. That's what kids like. Waiter. Have these sneakers. Can we have these sneakers to go, please, waiter? Sir, I, I'm I'm not a waiter. Stop <laughs> calling me waiter. That oh, that's great. Yeah, you put it on your wrist. Money on that. Up two two to one on that, sir. You don't have to bet on it. <laughs> oh, everything's so green. And lush. Cow shitty, smelly. Smell like cow shit for miles. Ooh, hey, look at this double deck. Right. That's some double action. Look at this guy, I'm a... Yeah, this is Sonny Bono. Yeah, Sonny Bono was uncredited in this film. Right. Well, he heard that uh, Jesse Jackson was in this film. Like, I gotta get hooked up. You know why Jesse Jackson was uncredited in the film? Because it wasn't he it. wasn't in it. <laughs> so did he lose? Uh, no, he's he won, but they're setting him up. Good Brooks, he just wants like, to be. He goes, okay, I won't play it, but Maybe my sister will. He goes, ha, 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 ha. Beat that score. They must have a pinball wizard on set when they did this, this, this shooting. No. I mean, I don't think so. There was lots of stuff from, like, the set. There's lots of Brookfield sounding like a little, little person, man. Um, they should... They should make remake this movie because they can use the CGI and like some practical effects to have the game, the the pinball game, look some more exciting instead of just kind of close-up shots. Come to life. Yeah, like you could follow the trajectory of it. Listen to this. Listen to this. Is this a twelve or thirteen-year-old kid or what? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Brooke Shields invited to the film 
cruise to her house for dinner and prepared fettuccine and a 78 article she revealed. Okay, she's, she's a little girl now. She goes, it came out like, well, remember the depression, those pictures of people lined up getting slopped from a big plot? That's what my fettuccine was like. For my next party, I made chicken. Wow, that's, that's some deep trivia, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> she probably said that in like a, some magazine. It's a guy like, yeah, I'm obsessed with Brooke Shields. I'm going to have, you know, hey, uh, Reddit, did you know that Brooke Shields was in the uh, Red Book? What said? <laughs> Brooke Shields said of this movie in the film's original release publicity, no matter how many movies I make, not matter who I work with, Tilt 1979 will always be something very dear to me. Everyone, everything from Tilt, I'll treasure in my heart. It has never ended and it never will. Well, that's just because Blue Lagoon is like she's suddenly having sex in age 13 or 14. <laughs> Brother, I don't get that. I don't, I don't, so I haven't seen it. Now, this director would only hire people who liked the film. Like he made everyone read the script and he goes, Tell me what you think. And he only hired people who were like, I like the script. It's good. <laughs> and that's why Don Rickles is not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He offended the sensibilities of Ruby Rebel. Ah, uh, taking the last vote. Now, you remember the whale, right? Yeah, right from the first 10 minutes of the movie. Okay, so right now, they're say, she, he just talked her into, she's like, we have enough money now for three demos. Why are we going to Corpus Christi, Texas? And you see, it's all Gulf of Mexico stuff there. Yeah. He was really like, cool. yeah, he was, um, He's like, we're just going to beat this one guy for the top prize. You know, like we're going to really kick his ass, bet all this money, and then we'll do the music. These are lovely shots. This is the filler? Yeah, but you're right. It's lovely. So maybe it's okay. But none of this stuff exists anymore. I'm sure the landscape now in 2020 is like completely different. Yeah, I bet you. Now, Corpus Christi is pretty, but most of it is very dirt poor. There's okay. Soul FM 103. <laughs> if it oh, starts with a K, you know you're in the wrong part of the country. Yeah, right. Circle K, no. I meant the radio stations, but okay. Oh. Oh, but you're a K person nowadays. I am, yeah. I listen to uh, K California stations. So now they're here to play the whale, although the whale doesn't know it yet. But here, okay, writer-director Rudy Duran tried to get Orson Welles to play the whale, but Welles was busy with other projects. Welles encouraged Duran to direct the movie himself, and he talked about the script on The uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Really? Which helped Duran secure an investor. Oh, no, Johnny, yeah. Uh, no, I sound like Johnny. Shit. All right. I have to do my uh, work. So it's 1976, right? Oh, no. so I, I'm trying to get financing, Johnny, for my film, uh, is for Faith. Speaking of finance, oh, my, my good friend, Peter Devanovich. No, another young boy. <laughs> Imagine that's Orson Welles right there. It would have been much more powerful. I don't know. I think Charles Aaron is doing a fine job. I mean, he's definitely... Uh, you know, as he does, he really kind of adds to the movie. Well, what he's doing here is doing his best to be gross. You see, the guys over by the pinball machine are like, 
Hey, fat man, how about we bet you $10,000? Something like, it's like a, I don't know why they do that $10,000 because that makes the final bet of the film, the $3,500 seem like small change, but that's what they did. But when we saw Thunderground, do you remember that game, Thunderground? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an underground uh, brawl, and uh, basically the last fight was for their lives. Yep. Is the is Brooks Hill going to be like fighting for playing pinball with the devil? Nope. Look at that, ten thousand dollars. Now all this scene is for is to show us what a good pinball player Charles During is. What a great actor! He's like getting into his role. <laughs> Yeah, stop touching the glass. <laughs> your fingerprints are smudging Charles Durant. Are you going to get your fingerprints over? Listen, there's a pandemic. Don't wipe your shit on it. I'm a pandemic wizard. There got to be a twist. Pandemic yeah, wizard. Maybe I should play pinball wizard for you. All right. Yeah. You have the guitar? Yeah, I'm sure I have one. Can you do a country version? Oh, look at that. Extra country version. Ooh, uh, he exactly you see, he kicks his leg, yeah, and he'll spin around. That's just because he's so bored as an actor. He's just like, <laughs> this is not I the don't... guy we saw last. Uh, oh last no, gosh, movie. that movie, Hard Time Three, Hostage Hotel, the TNT movie of 1999 with Burt Reynolds, had Charles Durning like, just like, I'm glad he got work in there, and I, you know, but it was, it was just not. Easy to watch him. It was not easy to watch him. When did he? I hope he didn't pass away just afterwards. Put an asshole. Mm-hmm. No gambling and pinball machine. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of funny actually. Look at this actor. He's acting. Yeah. Guys, stop! Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so too. All right, here, I'll start. Hi, welcome to the uh, musical concept album, Roger Tommy. Uh, it's about this kid, right? Yeah. He, I don't know, he's kind of a creep, but man, does he play them? I don't know, I don't have a jerk to him. And Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. I'm so old down in Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him any amusement hall. That damn dumb and blind kid. Sure play a mean pin. Wait, wait, she's on the phone now. She's hey, calling hello. Mickey. Okay. She's calling Mickey back home. Go, hi, Mickey. How's it going? No, he's a perfect gentleman. You were wrong. He's cool. And then um, she rev- he reveals that Henry's been coming around. Uh, and here's his telephone number. Okay. So she's going to call Henry and find out. 
Hey, little girl, he's out there. He's scamming you. He told me to fake a fight with him, and he would go, you know, exploit you. Henry still lives on in this movie. But the actor, they just said, you know what? We'll just have him on the payphone. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's cheaper that way. Because they so, still talk to the character, but he's just on the phone. Now, he's going to go into the whale's home, and I don't know why he's walking. He has a car all dressed up fancy and tell lies to replay who's the uh, helper of uh, the whale. And like, you know, I've just got back from New York, opened up for the Rolling Stones, got to get back to Hollywood. I'm on Johnny Carson next week. You just tell a bunch of lies and then he'll challenge the whale to a pinball game. But saying I will play you or my 13 year old friend will play you. My third, well, he doesn't reveal that it's even a woman or the age or anything, but his player will take you on. What a psycho. Makes Nightcrawler looks like a small citizen. Yep. And and he's our hero, you know? Like, some hero. Have you ever like, been a comic who told you they're, they're on Comedy Central and you know they're just lying? It's like, yeah, they're telling me that. Look, another video game machine. And it's a racing game, two steering wheels. Yeah. What else is another video game there? It says Centipede? No, it's something that I Yeah, Centipede wouldn't be out in... 80, 81. I, right. 81, probably. 83, even. Millipede sequel. So, um, Pinball Wizard was popularized in the mid-70s where Elton John played a character called Pinball Wizard in 75 Ken Russell film Tommy, which, of course, was The Who. Uh, this is, like, four years. Was re- this Tommy came out in 75, so this right. is four years later. Um, it sounded like they were just on similar tracks. This guy had a pinball movie and one. So. Well, yeah, he was talking about it in the, 60, in the late 60s, right? He tried to shoot it uh that one time so yeah this guy didn't get on the pinball bandwagon oh i like films i'm trying to think of a film that was kind of a cash grab about pinball i guess tommy certainly was not a cash grab about pinball i thought tommy was the pinball wizard i thought he played a decent game of ball Tommy is the pinball wizard. In the film, he beats Elton John. Oh, I see. Now, this whole film, Charles Sturing's character is just like a gross, disgusting son of a bitch who can talk shit because he's the champ. You know, he owns this bar. He, you know, people come from miles around to play him. He never loses. He bets them. Yeah, he just, he's addicted to food. He's a glutton. They, you know. See, Orson Welles like, characters. Orson Welles has played a character like that in Touch of Evil. He doesn't need to kind of re- redo it. Especially like. That when he was the police officer? Yeah, right. Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Great film. Great film. I think we talked about it recently, too, didn't we? I don't know, but it is a good film. It's a great film, and they, uh, a sound editor, Walter Mitch, kind of like a passion project, and was able to uh, re-edit a, a director's cut, like based on notes he found, had on Orson Welles, and he recut the movie, and uh, so you know it looks great. Cool. Now, who was it? Was it Charles? Uh, 
who was the hero? It was oh, and it was Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, right? I'm thinking Charles. Charlton Heston. Now, I think that he looked like a young Orson Welles. I think Orson Welles deliberately, you know, saw himself in both roles as the gross cop and the dashing uh, yeah. young Mexican. But didn't yeah, but the Mexican was he wearing brown pants throughout that movie? Or I mean, maybe he was. Um, uh, colorized, you know, like they they uh, might have blotched up his skin to make it uh, that color. I would not call it like a disrespectful blackface. Blackface is obviously a brown face. How about that? Mex Mexican filter face. They put a Mexican filter on him. They photograph. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He did look Mexican in the film. He did. His his skin looked Mexican. I guess is is that the right way to say it? Yeah, let's let's get this back again. That's that's great. Uh, can we mention the tabs that Charles Durning's been drinking? It's not golfing, Carl. <laughs> yeah, he'll make a joke about that later. There'll be a picture of him all young and thin, and he'll he'll go. That's why I drink tab. It's funny. Oh. God, I hate trying to rip movies where they have the same joke. You know, he's saying like, "I'm not going to play you. You're a cheat." And then basically, uh, our hero will trash talk him into, you know, piss him off, and he'll take the bet. Huh. I say, huh, because it's like uh, you can see the whale's downfall. Like he, this guy just gets under his skin and he falls for it. Right. See, the thing is, they were. <clears throat> How do I put this? Uh, he worked under the whale for years. He helped out at the, you know, when he lived in Corpus Christi growing up. He's always known that bar and been around. Then one day he comes and tries to cheat the whale. So the whale is really pissed at him. He goes, get your feet off my furniture. And he, he you know, yeah, he won't do it. And so this uh, his little man cave has like Juan Hardy and Marilyn and this is a baseball, softball, trophies, and moonshine. Well, this is a bar. It's not his man cave. It's it's a pub. It's the basement. It's not the basement of the bar. This is actual where you hang out. This is the first floor. Yeah, you can see that it's all open air, but they have little sections. I'll wait yeah. until it turns around to show you. Yeah, he's doing that 180 rule again. I think that's supposed to break. Do you? Yeah, I guess I don't know. Cinematographer wasn't, and 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 I guess Rudy didn't know any better. Uh, he was probably lucky to have his, the shots. Like you know, they, they don't shoot anything sequential, so I'm sure they had like you know them reacting to mops and then just cutting it together on different days. Well, you right. All right, I'm done shit talking. <laughs> That's right. Uh, see, see how it's all open air. And remember yeah. the pinball machines over there, and he said they were like, "Hey, fat man, I'll bet you ten thousand dollars." Look at them talking shit. Everyone's listening, and now he's embarrassed in front of people, and he's like, "I'll take your bet." Right. Our hero knows this because he he worked with the whale. It wasn't that he watched. He didn't watch the previous scene. Right. Yes. What a ham. What a ham. He's got a ham sandwich there. 
I said these tickets it's a counter to the third kind that I'll win. Like that, that rock. Well, what were they betting during the seventies? What were they betting? Pet rocks and uh... they're betting cash money. <laughs> you mean like you go on a game show and there's all the prizes and what is it? Well, yeah, there's a hula hoop, there's a pet rock. You could win a frisbee. Lava lamp. Yeah, here's a lava lamp. All oh, the modern. Sometimes you get a water bed. It's a home furnishing. Water bed. Water. Love mirror. Uh, <laughs> loop station. Champagne uh, bathtub. <laughs> right, the bathtub. Champagne Skin. glass bathtub. Okay, now. He comes in to the, he set the bet. It's all set. His big plan is finally coming to fruition. He comes in. He's like, what you sitting in the dark for? And uh, yeah, he talked to Henry. Oh, uh, she's there. Right, this is, this guy has been like egging up to this moment. This is it. This is the big moment. And she's like, yeah, I heard I'm not doing it. It's a Bible. You get hit with the Bible, you know someone's bit. You know, uh, I used to get, I work at a hotel, and uh, I would get a call from like the Gideons. They'd be like, "I left something in my hotel room. Do you mind checking? It's in the drawer." The book, good book. It's a good book. It's a good book. It's, it's a good. Oh, it's the good book. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure it's the my book, though. Could you please read uh, <laughs> verse 11, you know? Yeah, right. Deuteronomy 16. Just, I just, just tell me how it starts. Uh, okay, sir. In the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That sounds okay, about right. Keep now, this, going, keep that, going. Would you please flip to Eclasticies? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. I, this is a classic arcade. And there's kids playing video machines. Oh, yeah, they're in the fucking seafront. Like, you can go to the beach from when it's shitty, you can just play video games. It's the Gulf of Mexico, so it's really the ocean, you know. Yeah. All right. Come here. on, Tilt. Now, I might have been tricking y'all in the beginning, see? But I've really grown to like you. Uh, she's, like, lost, like, in Texas. It's creepy. Wow, look at the camera. Liar. Huh. Uh, Hey guys, we need you to clear the beach. We're shooting a movie. Oh, okay, you got it. He's finally shooting his movie. Quiet, darling. They're shooting. I'm so excited. He finally got his movie shot. Now that's the Raiders jacket that the director said it's cold it's out. Put, put this on. It's a classic jacket. That's probably the high point in this movie. Won't oh. you listen to me now, Till? I'm making excuses. You see, Till. This is a one-camera shoot. Could you at least talk to me before the guy hits someone? Well, we 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 got a dolly for this shot now. Now come on, <laughs> darling. Oh, look at this, Ace Speedo. See, the dolly track stops right here. Okay, now at this point in the film, it takes an interesting turn. All of a sudden, it's good, and he's going to give a heartwarming, not heartwarming, but a heartfelt speech about why. Like what? What? Where he's come from? Look around here. You see this? This is the poor man's country club. This, you know, he, he grew up with nothing. 
And then he starts talking about how rich people think, you know, you're steal, you're just stealing to get by, not even to succeed. And so the carnic code. Let me play it for a second here. All right. They keep you poor so they can use you. <laughs> exit. Yeah, don't go. That's the exit, you dummy. You can't come back in. You can't enter through the exit, Neil. Where's the carnies watching? Oh, close, right? Now, if you only saw this scene and the ending, you would walk away thinking, that's a pretty good movie. I think I'm going to check it out. <laughs> but you can see the rest of the film's just not very. Uh, so this is this is a real good, this is a good scene. Like, you should check out the scene later. Yeah. This scene is good, and it does turn uh, Brooke around, and it turned me around, because he's just a heel, man. He's been tricking people, lying to people. He's just, you know, it's all about him, and, and, uh... He's just, so getting the whale is, like, personal. Right. So he's... Whale is personal. Here. What's that? That reminds me of that book, The Smurfs Hunt the Whale. Do you remember that? With Gargo <laughs> and... Of course, I remember that. I never read a Smurf book. Are you crazy? What about what about the classic old man Smurf in the sea? It's about uh, uh, is that the Smurf. one where he's getting that marlin? Yeah, and then the gargoyle's cat eats the marlin. Oh, that's not true. Marlin's a big fish. All the classics. So, so she's you can see in her face, she's turning around. She, he's like, he's appealing to her like, this is where it all started and where I, you know, lit the fire that blew up my life. So help me, help me, help me win it back. Help me get him, get enough money to start a career. Like, I'm using you, but I'm using you with love. So love me back. Let's just beat this whale. Okay. Now, look. So she's asleep. He's asleep. And then you know what she does, right? Is she going to run away again? No, she's going to paint dick on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to smack his head and suddenly he hears the squish of super glue. <laughs> oh, damn it. Now, here's what she does. She sneaks out of the house, uh, the motel, at two in the morning. Actually, since this was just preceded by the last good scene, I want to I want to even change my tune. I want to tell you that the movie got good the second he started telling that speech because now the movie will be good until the end. He is she is going to go to this whale and make friends and appeal to him, and and they're going to play pinball. It it's a it's a really different ending. Because, you know, he's been a jerk throughout the whole film this whale, a gross, disgusting. I, well, 79, I guess. Well, that's cool. So they they respect each other as pinball wizards. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because she's a little girl that he couldn't be like all tough and tough and tough. So it kind of, you know, he was a little vulnerable and loosened and opened up. But she basically pleads the story of Neil. Um, and he just can't catch a break. He's always been behind. He respects you so much. He's here. It's all about you. Right. Which you is know, silly. Dressed up as a, as a winner. Sam, maybe on Comedy Central on a comedy show. Um, Netflix. <laughs> I got a special on Netflix. You know, I have a Netflix special. Uh, I just uh -huh. got yeah, no, I was browsing the internet and the ad said, yeah, you sign up now, you get the first month free. I took, I clicked, I took advantage of that special. But you know, I have a show on Netflix. It's called, uh -huh. Mike, it's called Mike Gets Netflix. It's about me getting Netflix. <laughs> We're on season four. I'm, I'm checking out Hulu, and uh, I'm about to get Netflix. I'm really excited. Season five, it's all about, you know. Excellent. Oh, you know how they say, like, pick something, and then based on your algorithm? Nice of, like, reset your, your character. Restart and press that button first. Suggested for you. Latest Netflix TV show. Wow, it's the latest Netflix TV show. What a coincidence. Man, I'll see Netflix suggest to me something like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, like the Pole House Polka, you know, and it'll say like match 95%. What did I ever watch to make you think I'm Polka? <laughs> I mean, you're lying to me, Netflix. Right. What do you watch? Jerry Maguire? I just said, oh, well. Must like Polacks. I mean, oops, that was a mistake. Okay, so what's going on now is she's saying, "What? Here's what I'll do. Uh, you give me the thirty-five hundred dollars back right now, and I will throw the game tomorrow and lose on purpose, and you can still be the big champion. And then I'll tell him you gave the money back out of the goodness of your heart." Okay, so she is presumptuously thinking that she's going to beat him and she's better than him. Uh, oh, but that's going to be the whales. Uh, he's he's going to say, well, now we're definitely going to play. I'm the champ. Never lost a game. That is a shoeshine bench? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Huh. And she will sit on it. She will sit on that throne. Right. And this is a respectful movie, so respectfully. Yeah. What about now? What about we play right now? I have a, a quarter and two times a nickel. Oh, yeah. can I get ten for five? Five dollars. Oh, the she bets right away. Now that's a throw. Where are they going to get the quarters? <laughs> Five twenty-five, technically. So he's saying, put it all on the line right now. If I win, I'll throw the game tomorrow, and you're still the champ. If I lose, you got to, you know, you got your money. Oh, wow. Oh, so this is it. They don't even bother with the, the big night. So he's going to do it. Five dollars. 
I got to tell you, Mike, I know we're far away, but that is that you could just look at it in his hand, and that's like old timey five, man, an old timey five. Serial number 25. 32. So he's going to turn on some pinball music to get in the mood. Oh, I wonder if it's pinball uh, Mambo by uh, Young. You know what? That guy uh, turning, licking his lips on accounting the, the $5. Yeah. It's something you used to do uh, to one of your brothers, but I remember, but you would do it a lot. You would say, uh, so would be like, Carl, give me a dollar. You go, yeah, let me count it. Count it, yeah. I would, I would lick my thumb and do one. Of them. I was just mimicking that, and then pull out like from a bill, pull out a bill that says one dollar. Like, oh, we got it. Like Mike, you would go, you would go. Here's that twenty dollars I owe you, and you give me a twenty, and I would say, hold it, hold it, Mike. Make sure it's all here, and I would count twenty. Right. Okay. All right, we have a pinball machine, we have a pool table, and then the back are two video games. No, there's another pool, uh, pinball machine, and then there's like, I don't know, space yeah, another battle zone. Be the like, joystick. Back to the koala. So this is the proprietary brand uh, pinball machine. Now, can you hear the pinball song? Well, I'll, uh, pinball. He's playing the rules. You hit him in sequence, like I said, on the pinball, and go by the number of one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And if you do, you get an extra ball. And okay. call. Hey, listen, I, I'm telling you, I'm explaining pinball to a 13-year-old girl. Let me get you back. Okay, where was that? Yes, yeah, so it's one, two, in sequence, three. So she's on the throne. She's in her. Oh. Now look, you see that? You see how? Let me mansplain to you. You see how the ball? They did a shot in which it was rolling down. <laughs> right. Why didn't they do that in the beginning? Right. Do it up front. Well, I wish I had warning because I was wearing my 3D glasses at the time. It just threw me off. Uh -huh. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly they're good. So, like, all of a sudden, the whale has become up oh, out of sequence, out of sequence. Uh, Damn it! All of a sudden, the whale is like likable now. Well, you know, you're right. He is like a little girl. It, it reminds me of uh, uh, I was reading a comic book where a 13 Gwenpool meets Deadpool. Deadpool was like, I'm not going to kill a, a teenage girl. Uh huh. But, you know, he did menace and whatnot. But. It's like a good point, like, you know. So she's like, she's on couch and she goes, I saw this in a movie once. Was it, oh, I wonder if it's that pinball, uh, bowling movie we saw. Hey, look at her trouble shirt. Remember it was red before? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said too. So 70. Oh, she's troubled. They, they had the same thing, the, the custom t-shirt. This is the custom She's already out of sequence. She didn't get an extra ball. Yeah, I saw that. Custom machine. Two. Three? Oh, five. Three. Nope. Bumper. Bing, 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 bang, 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 bing, 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 bing. Did you ever know that when I'm lit, you hit me, that's 100 points. I'm like a pinball bumper. 100 points when I'm lit. When lit. 
excited to make it. Look how Brooke is like acting. She's like, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. All stakes. Yeah, high stake game. Okay, now it's Whale's turn, but he's like, I'm hungry. Let's take a break. <laughs> he's suddenly acting like great grandpa. You know. Yeah. Grandpa, like, Uncle Dad. I guess I'll be your father figure. Even a whale's gonna cut a bear. Look at that barber chair. Universal Wells. Why would there be a barber's chair? I guess it's just old timey looking. Yeah, I mean, this bar doesn't look like a set, right? I mean, let's say they found No, nah, this is a Corpus Christi real place. So, it's probably the real snake. It's like there's the Hitler uh, statue in the back. <laughs> uh, I do not believe people in Corpus Christi, Texas like Hitler. You think that, yeah, well, they fought probably before. Man, look at that. What a spread. That's a ham. So what he's explaining right now is we've got beer, we've got brandy, we've got marijuana. He's saying, like, he's still going through all these problems. like, everybody seems to have a problem, be it gambling or women or, right? So he goes, my problem? That's food. So he offers Brooke Shields some, and she's like, no, thanks. She has a Dr. Pepper and a Butterfinger. Look at that. Gross. Gross. Talking about, man. Well, that's kind of gross. That's a good-sized ham for a sandwich. Yeah, and he just took a turkey leg. I know. The turkey leg kills the sandwich. It's an Yum, yum. See, I thought his time of acting gross was over. I was wrong. He, that was a little gross. Uh, that's like I wonder if that food is just for uh, whale or like if I, I was there I could get beer and maybe yeah you could order a ham sandwich and they would make it for you like a deli let me check oh I have it under the bar in the fridge uh, on. you said turkey right <laughs> yeah I just have a turkey oh time to change the reel oh yeah which doesn't make sense because we're so in Act Three right now. Well, it's maybe twenty more minutes, right? It's a long movie. It's one of the reasons why we kind of jumped to the start for this. Thirty-four, forty-four, fifty. Okay, yeah, you nailed it, Mike. It's more like fifteen, sixteen, but I mean, that here he makes the joke. That's why I drink tab. Oh right, har har har, and a diet coke. <laughs> Yes, try sir. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a hundred million burgers and a diet coke? Hi, try sir. Can I help you? Yeah, hi. I'm shooting a viral video, and uh, I get uh -huh. that. It kind of reminds me of uh, the viral videos where the, the viral videos where they kind of harass drive-through employees. Right. Like a Donimus. Remember he had a oh album? yeah, three hundred cheeseburgers to go. And yeah, he like, would call uh, places, right? Yeah, and he would order like 300 cheeseburgers. They canceled the order. And then all the cancel? Yeah. Okay, look, he gets his extra ball. Yeah. Yeah, extra ball. Whoa, he's so excited about it. How can you keep your eyes off the pinball machine? I know, I don't think that's smart. I think it's a movie. Yeah, he's acting. Look at that great shot, man. Why wasn't that in the beginning? Well, in the beginning. It's pinball. It's, it's pinball. Oh. 
had this movie confused with a novel. There's a novel called Pinball, which is supposed to be really good, but uh, and I think there was a movie version. But it, it's about you know I, I have no idea what it's about. Looks like a space game, a video game. Oh, it's her turn. Yeah. Name pants. Ooh, skill. Spin like a statue, or become part of the machine. Feeling all the bumpers, always playing clean. Raised by intuition, nothing else is A little afternoon. I thought I was the valley table king, but I just handed Elton John's pinball crown to him. Okay, he lost. Uh, she lost. Now it's his turn. But her score is 379,000. He, he's going to win, right? How oh, do you back? Yeah, don't freeze your COVID hand on that list. <laughs> One track, COVID my. Oh, what a great shot. What a great shot. Should I complain about the beginning again? No. I think that shot was in the trailer. In a world. Yeah. Where you could be inside a pinball machine. Five, six. Bing, 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 bang, bang, seven. Bing, bang, 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 bang. Extra ball. Free ball. There's an extra ball again. Oh, so she's out. So he just got an extra ball. Uh, yeah, but he, she is out, but he needs to beat her score. Well, he just got two extra balls. You know, that's why he walks away. Wow, look how cool those shots are, man. Maybe he didn't want to do it in the beginning because he should save it for this, for the finale. This is like a good, like, Roxy, Rocky fight at the end of the, uh, the movie, you know, when they finally get to the bout. Like, this is a, a little more interesting. So what's his score, 12? So he had 600 and something thousand. Now yeah, look who it is. It's Neil. <laughs> okay, now she has to go to six, 679, whatever it was. And she's at 300. So Neil is now somehow, for some reason, he's here. Uh, they don't see him, but he's, he's, uh, I, he, I don't know how, did he wake up and she wasn't there? Did Replay go get him? I don't know. I think Replay went and got him. Okay, so but she's got her extra ball. Is he not going to like yell and say, and she's going to lose a game or something? Nope. All right. Okay. All right. Bro, ball I know. I saw the 13 year old book. I read it. Uh, 
She's doing great. She's playing like a really aggressive synonym word for. Uh, well, that's why they call her tilt because she shakes and everything like that and never tilt. Yeah, that's bad news when you tilt the pinball machine. What kind of weird aggression? Do you well, have? when you tilt it, it's game over. It stops playing. Right. Because you cheat otherwise. So, like, it became gameplay. If you can't cheat, that becomes the game. Now, she's at 592,000. So, she's getting close then. Tilt! Tilt! She actually tilted the machine! First time. Yup. Venus. Cosmic Venus got tilted. Then I was so glad that when John Carter landed on Mars, the first thing he did was kick Cosmic Venus's ass. Oh, and he was on Venus too. So now she has lost. Completely lost. You had me worried there for a minute, Miss Tilt. <laughs> so he says it's the toughest game he ever played. Now, who makes her his appearance? Yeah. You're caught. Yeah, well, it's over. Oh, geez, I wanted to be in front of the bar and everyone. And my friends would be routing really young. Yep. What's going on betting in the bar? Now, this is a heartfelt apology for everything. I mean, they've lost. That's interesting. Losers. She lost. Loser. Loser. What? Uh-huh. So they're going to go back tomorrow and just play the game. But she lost the money already, right? Well, no. The bet was give me a chance to just take the money and walk, you know, and, or if I lose, the game's on. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was hoping that was the final. Get mad. You'll never beat me. You really don't care about people. All right, I figured it out, Carl. I know how this movie ends. I'm okay. sorry. I crunched the numbers. I tallied the the, the sheets, and um, he's gonna tilt. <laughs> what? She's not gonna tilt during the final bet of the game. Yes, according to my calculations, you're wrong. At the end, with Charles turning tilting. That would be a good ending, but no, what's going to happen? Wait, 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 don't tell me. Okay. He said it's a good ending, or interesting ending. So he's saying in a million years you'll never beat me because I just live and breathe pinball. So he says, don't be like me. Look at this dump that I'm stuck in. Look how fat I am. Is this what you want? Wow. That's some real shit right there. So he says, I only bet on myself, but I see how much you believe in him. You say he's a good singer. I'm going to bet on you. And he gives the money back. 
The game's off tomorrow. Money to bet on. But she's going to have to bet that money tomorrow anyway. Nope, it's over. It's over. He's letting her off the hook. Now, this replay is like everybody knows the words out. They're going to be here tomorrow at three to see the game. He goes, I don't care. I don't care. Here's and we're going to yell, woo. It's going to be fun, man. I, I gave them their money back. The bet's off. Oh, that's good. Here's the final father advice. Anytime you want to play it next, put your quarter down on it. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, you keep his mind on his music, okay? He's a little dumb, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, come here, you kid. I got to talk to you. It's yeah. like we're friends, but I still have to pretend I'm tough. Here's a restraining order. You take your weird psychopathic ass with your fucking fancy clothes and leave. So Charles During says to him, look, kid, she can't wear your balls for you. you know? oh, uh, Come on now. <laughs> be, a, be your own man. All right? Go out there and do the music. Well, what is the tilt going to do? What? Oh, wait a minute. They have a sitcom spinoff, Tilt's Place, uh -huh. where she and Charles Durning have their own bar. Now, this is the big enemy, right? It's the big enemy. And he's like, that's really nice. I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. He's still wearing his fancy pants. Okay, Mr. Fancy Pants. It's a great ending. Yeah. Everything was going to the final. We're going to beat this whale. Screw him. And it was either going to be a big tragedy when they lose the big pinball. And, but again, it'd be like the same montage of people that and this is. Uh... But what this movie decided to do instead is, is surprise you. You think that she's going there as a setup for the final battle, but it ends up being the final battle. And like, it's not so badly, you know what I mean? And then even though Charles during wins, he, he flips and she, because the girls taught him, you know? So now we have a very nice heartfelt ending. He takes the money and he gives it back to her and he goes, you're in charge of the money. You're in charge of me now. We're a team. I'm doing what you say. And Wait, she says that to him or he says that to her? He says that to her. See, he's got the money. She's like, here's your money that I won back for you. And he's you take it, you manage it, you get my career going. I can't be trusted. I leave myself in your hand. Now, Go. this necklace, it's like a symbol of our, we're partners now. You yeah. My... Raiders Nation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not exactly. So, but. so let's go back to Los Angeles to pursue my country music career. Yeah. I can't think of any other city to, to pursue a country music career other than well, Los Angeles. No, going to Nashville. No, no, no. <laughs> They're going to Nashville. No, we go to Nashville. Wait, here's the butt touch. See, she does it first. Watch. She does it first. 
but with her foot, she kicks his butt. And then he whacks her on the butt back. And that's as bad as this movie gets. Well, that's a sign of friendship. They're like, you know, they're done. Exactly. Where are they? Now we hear a large crowd. Is it him singing to the crowd? Hey, Las Viva, Berkus Crispy. I think what the writer-director's doing here is saying, 